to put that broom in a bag, and my dad said, no, give it to her, she's going to fly it home. It's something he said. Um, I'm going to start it off with this, a testimony about who my dad was, who he is. My father is probably one of the hardest working men I've ever known. He was a truck driver by trade. He would, he would be on the road all day long, 10, 12, 14 hours a day. He'd come home, and he would start farming, plow the fields, disc the fields, call to pack the fields, plant the fields. Uh, at one point in time, he was the largest sweet corn seller in Stark County. He supplied all the corn to IGAs, grain farms, Ferris produce. Um, he planted over 100 acres of just sweet corn and picked it all by hand. He'd pick 10,000 dozen a night on top of doing his actual paid job, being a truck driver. Uh, I contribute that to a lot of the way I am now. Uh, a lot of you know, I've treated some of you, that I do physical therapy. Uh, I do 30 visits a week is considered full-time. And uh, I get a watch because 30 visits I normally see in three days. So I guess Dad wore off on me more than I thought. But at the same time, though, you're doing all this work, but what are you leaving out? What is... Yeah, that's an action. You're, you're showing your children those things. You're teaching them to be hard workers. But there's still more to be said. There's the things that are said behind uh, the scenes that aren't being taught. So my inspiration for today um, was my dad, but pulling even more. We're going to be reading from Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 for most of it. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. says that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Well, let's pull that apart for a little bit. All scripture is breathed out by God. In other words, God is the author, not man, it's his word. Yeah, we know that there's probably, what, 40 different writers to the Bible. But it's the inspired word of God. In other words, in in some points in the uh, Bible, God actually spoke to the individuals and told them, hey, this is what's got to be written down. And and a lot of it is a testimony, but we all know that this is God's word. So, pulling from that, keeping that in mind... Let's go to the next part. It says, all scripture is profitable for teaching. I just thought it would be interesting to pull up, what does Webster say profitable means? Well, it says that profitable is yields advantageous returns. Another word for teaching is just instruction. But when I started thinking, I was like, well, yields advantageous returns. Does that mean you know, money in my pocket? Does that mean that, you know, it could be any type of yield? A farmer, when they plant the crops, they always look at, okay, what's my yield going to be, you know? Uh, Yesterday, I spent most of the day on a tractor raking hay. Just to be at the end of it, we only get about a third of the field bailed, and uh, the weathermen said that there was supposed to be 0% chance of rain. 
right? And by 7 p.m., it was dumping so hard that all the labor that we just did went, went down the drain. So I uh, told the guy that I was working for, it's like, well, just uh, get the nearest farmer, get his chopper out now and just put it in the bunker because so, that's about all it's going to be good for. Beautiful hay. But he was looking at his yield. Well, he thought it was going to be great hay. I mean, these hay mounds were, these wind rows were two feet, three feet high. Beautiful hay. But now the yield was going to be nearly nothing. So the word of God is instruction that will profit us. There is nothing that's in this Bible here that is unprofitable. The next part says for reproof. Another word for reproof means to rebuke. The uh, New King James Version, I believe, is where I got that rebuke. So rebuke from what? Rebuke from wrong behavior, uh, wrong actions, things that are contrary to God's word. I'm sure we can think of many, many times that our actions, our behaviors, even our thoughts were contrary to God's word. I would even say that within the last week, the last day, the last hour, this is not a... uh, Time for confession, so don't raise your hands, please. (laughs) So, looking at those two first points, okay, looking at the instruction part, looking at the rebuke part, but, yes, we're being taught something, we're being instructed, and, you know, we, we all slip up along the way. You know, we need to be rebuked, but how do we get back on course? It says, the next part is, for correction, okay, to be put back on course, okay? So you rebuke your child, but what if you don't put them back on course? How are they to know? Um, one of my uh, favorite things that I keep saying now is that uh, the new vehicles that are coming out, they have course correction. Uh, you know, you're getting a little bit too close to the edge of the road, the white line, and it's going to beep at you, Right? You get a little bit too far toward the middle of the road on the yellow line, it's going to beep at you. If you're tailgating somebody, it's going to beep at you. In some of the newer vehicles, I've been noticing that uh, if you're not paying attention, it will even slam the brakes on for you, which is interesting. Um, Hopefully you have your seatbelt on. The car's going to stop and you're going to become a bug in a windshield. So... uh, Another thing, uh, Casey and I were only married for maybe two, three months, and uh, my brother was going to be married right after us, and he wanted to be married on the beach, and uh, he was going to be married on North Myrtle Beach. So we, we barely had two uh, pennies to rub together when we uh, first got married, so we bar- borrowed our brother's GPS, okay? It was great, you know, it got us to... About three-fourths of the way down, it was an older GPS, but the road that we were driving on was a little bit newer than the GPS, and the GPS had yet to be updated. So when we hit that new portion of the road, the GPS was telling us to perform an illegal U-turn and turn around in a cornfield. Not sure how you perform an illegal U-turn in a cornfield, but that's what it was telling us. On the way back, the same GPS decides to die. And we're still in North Carolina. 
thinking, okay, now what do I do? We, uh, okay, you have all these little information booths, booths around the, the main highways, right? So I stop in at one in North Carolina, and I get a map. Well, it's a map of North Carolina, not the surrounding states. Well, knowing that 77 South goes uh, straight down to North Carolina, we get on 77 and thinking, okay, great, you know, we're back on course. And uh, this is a point in time that I was still in school. I was still doing my clinicals, and I had to be at a clinical the next morning at 8 a.m. And this is about 6, 7 o'clock in the afternoon, and we're still down in North Carolina. And uh, Casey said, oh, hey, I'll drive. That's fine. I'll drive. Like, okay, so I shut my eyes for, I don't know, it might have been two hours, and it's dark by this point, thinking, okay, we should be in West Virginia by now. You know, and I'll drive from Marietta on up to home. And we just keep driving and driving, and all of a sudden, I'm looking at a sign that says, Welcome to Bristol, Tennessee. <laughs> and I looked at her, I said, Where, where along the way did you go west? <laughs> And she, uh, she, oops. <laughs> At this point, it's about 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, and we're in Bristol, Tennessee. So I'm glad a patrol officer didn't rebuke me for my speed on the way home <laughs> that night, because we got home, and it was about 5, 36 o'clock in the morning, and a, and a trip that should have taken us at least an hour longer than that. <laughs> so I, can, I confess, uh, we, were, we were moving. But needless to say, I normally drive on vacation now. <laughs> so we have to be put back on course, you know, a course that is in line with God's word. The fourth point there in the verse 16, this is for training in righteousness. Well, what is righteousness? Can we say that righteousness is Everything that is in line with God's word, uh, his character, anything that's not in line with that can't be called righteousness. Okay? So what, is, what does all this mean? You know, what does this mean to fathers? Okay, so as fathers, as men of, as men of God, we are instructed by God's word to lead our children. To get them back on path, to point them in the right direction, to lead them up in this righteousness. Well, if we're not teaching them, reproofing them, correcting them, training them, then their foundation's going to crumble. Okay, a foundation that's not set in Christ first. Uh, They're going to be, as my GPS is saying it, making illegal U-turns in cornfields their entire life. Some of the scripture that came to me was from, uh, I'll just point them out here, Ephesians 6.4. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This is a command. Now, the word of God is saying, Fathers, do this. Fathers, discipline and instruct your children. This foundation is key. A foundation taught from God's word. Jesus being a cornerstone, a a stone that is stronger than anything that won't crumble. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. 
one thing I noticed with a lot of the testimonies that you guys gave was some of them were, yeah, something they said, but a lot of them were actions, actions that were uh, something your father did, okay? Um, that is key. My, my bringing up, my father taught me a work ethic, and how did I learn is because I observed my father doing it. You know, we can, we can teach God's Word until we're blue in the face, but what if we're not living it? What if we're, it's not a do as I say, not as I do. It is a do as I say, as I do ministry. It is, look at the disciples. When they walked with Jesus for three years, he said it and he did it. Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. 1 Corinthians 11, 1 says, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And one of my favorite was 1 John chapter 2, verse 6 says, Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. It's not just words. It's actions as well. We can't tell our children not to lie if we're lying. We cannot tell our children not to steal if we're stealing. We cannot tell our children, hey, you need to be praying every day and reading your Bible if you're not doing it yourself, how are they to learn if we're not teaching it, if we're not demonstrating through ourselves? That's discipling. That's walking with your children. But why? Why are we doing all this from verse 16? Well, verse 17, I think, says it straightforward, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. How are we to be complete? Number one, it just says in verse 16, okay, well, we need to show Jesus to our children. We need to be walking with them, leading them to Christ if we have that opportunity. I mean, praying for them to be led to Christ. Their glass is only going to be half full. They'll never be complete without it. This topic, to me, hits home. My, my father did teach me to be a hard worker. But one thing I noticed was, you know, I wish I could say that we went to church every Sunday. I wish I could say that we read the Bible every night that we prayed together. We didn't. That was part of that foundation that was left out to me. But the, the problem was, that's what he learned from his father. My grandfather was another very, very hard worker. My dad used to say, I used to dread when, when Grandpa went on vacation because it wasn't a vacation. He said he worked twice as hard when Grandpa was home versus when he wasn't. And that's what his father taught him, to be a hard worker. My great-grandfather only lived about 36. He died of a heart attack. 
But what he instilled in my grandfather was hard work. But once again, he didn't teach him the Bible. He didn't pray with him. He didn't lead him that way. He expected school to do it. He expected the church to do it. But that's contrary to God's Word. God's Word says, Fathers, discipline and instruct your children. It starts at the home. Lay a foundation. It first starts with Jesus. And then it's fathers. So then you can see the generations that come. Um, not to point anybody out, but I, I love watching the Dixes come. Marty set that. Now Matt is doing it, and now they're teaching their children. You see a generational pattern. A generational pattern that I pray that I'm able to leave for my children so that they can teach their children. If you have that pattern, then it's a change. A couple generations will change a nation. Okay? I think it's interesting that our that God has also called our Father. Our Heavenly Father. And according to 2 Timothy, verse 16, that all Scripture is breathed out. Our Father is teaching us. His Word is reproofing us. His Word is putting us back on course. It's correcting us. It's training us up in righteousness. And it's straight from our Heavenly Father. So we can be complete. Another verse for bringing up children is Proverbs 22, verse 6. says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Well, that's part of being that complete. Things we ingrain in our children's heads as they're younger will stick with them. They said this is why it's so much more difficult for um, people to go to college. You know, when we're younger, our, our mind is like a sponge absorbing every little thing. And as we get older, it takes repetition after repetition after repetition for things to stick in our heads. So what are we doing in the home that's going to put our children on the path that they need to be for righteousness? Without that, it's not going to work. This is my testimony. That's what I want my children to know. I want them to see my actions. And do I slip up? Yes. I slip up every day. But with God's help, I think we can do all things. We can do all things through Him. We can show our children. We can read the Bible with them. We can pray with them. And have that opportunity when it comes to hopefully lead them to Christ. And... That's what we need to be leaving behind. That's that foundation. That foundation that my father didn't have and his father didn't have. Then by the grace of God that I have now. So as fathers, I think that's, that's the key. Raise up our children. Raise up our children to know God's word. Love God. So when they're older and when they have children, they're not going to depart from it.
Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity just to just preach on fathers. Thank you that I'm a father of three. Thank you for that blessing and an opportunity to raise them. Father, give me the give me the knowledge to do so. Give me the instruction that I need to lead them. Give me give me your word and speak it to me that I'm able to do so. Lord, I pray that the same with every man, every man and every uh, every father, every grandfather that's in this room. Lord, I just I thank you for your word. It is our instruction. I thank you that you are our heavenly Father, our good, good Father is in heaven that is always there guiding us and giving us guidance that is always correct, so that we may be complete. Lord, I just thank you for that, and I just thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen.